my dear Heidi, no more hiding in closets. Now, sachet away. Thank y'all so much for saying something in me, even when I didn't say something in myself. <laughs> you are a superstar. I think you're probably the last one to know it. Start looking at property outside of Ramsour. You might want to move to Los Angeles or to Manhattan. But let me tell you something, kiddo, you're a star. I'm so excited for the world to see you. They're going to love you. Just remember, pay your taxes, okay? A small town queen with big city aspirations. Watch out, world, because Heidi's coming through. And remember, if I can do it, so can you. Colin, they're going to love you. Just pay your taxes. Just pay your taxes. I mean, and don't forget I, to vote. <laughs> and don't forget to vote. This is, uh, you know, solid advice. Both, you know, evergreen advice. Uh, and I mean, you know, I, 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 we were talking about it before we hit record, but like this is, this is quite the send off from RuPaul. It made me think about some of my favorite send-offs of queens and that is the i love you goodbyes oh i love you i love you delta i love you girl uh i the ones i remember are delta work and ivy winters i know there's Mm -hmm. other ones but those are my two favorite um i love you exits and i love you i love you oh it's just oh it's that if i have to go home on rupaul's drag race that's the exit i want and if i don't get that i want this one well i'm not going home I'm not going home, <laughs> which is so ironic that Ben said that and then sent himself home. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's interesting with this clip, right? I, I, I like this clip of the week to start our discussion for a couple of reasons. First of all, Heidi and that wonderful goodbye, which is like, thank you all for seeing something in me, even when I didn't see it in myself, which is like such a color purple theme gotta mm-hmm. tell you but mm-hmm. uh i it 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 that's her story that is her story is that like heidi comes to us from ram sir goes on this show and rupaul and the producers and all the other queens they're basically like oh my god heidi you're fucking brilliant and i also mm-hmm. always go back to widow being like the makeup will come and go the make but what you're doing is great like i love that uh, that yeah, story yeah. for heidi now uh, and then obviously the send off from RuPaul, right? I think it's it's worth mentioning when that happens, we are our ears have to perk up because this doesn't happen often where RuPaul is giving somebody this much of a goodbye. So for me, you, how do I put this? So okay, so I think about the the disqualified queen and how that queen is getting edited out, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, the producers are telling us, hey, hey, uh, don't fall in love with this person. Sure. You know, they're, they're, sure. feeding, us, yeah. they're feeding us nothing of mm-hmm. that queen, so we don't connect with her. So mm-hmm. I feel like that it just opens up this whole discussion, or I guess realization, if you will, perhaps a theory, that the show is feeding us to love Heidi. Now, I don't think that's coming from nowhere. I don't think that our love of Heidi and, you know, the fandom's love of Heidi is coming from nowhere. 
but it's just something to remember because they're choosing all of those adorable moments from Heidi and show mm-hmm. they really want to uplift this queen. Like yeah, all just, those talking heads where she says the wrong thing and laughs at it. Like those are designed for us to fall in love with her. Totally. Yes. Making her the narrator. All of that is, is a, a choice and it's, they're, they're not doing that lightly. And so I just have to be aware of it. Right. Because mm-hmm. they could have easily, easily been reading Heidi for her makeup the whole time right yeah well you know I feel like this season and and no surprise because um this season was was in some ways very much exemplified by editing and was a real example of editing at work um I think this season is the most we've ever talked about the edit and Mm. you know it's kind of considered a four-letter word in drag races don't blame the edit you know what you said is what you said and yes that's all very true but i think what i I think what we're when i said i I felt sorry yeah i said i felt um i but when i think about you know us talking about the edit it's not it's more of even more so this season, I recognize the product of the TV show, but I think a lot of that is because of Sherry and the edit. We were reminded, oh, yeah, we this needs to be cut a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing that no matter what the reason is, whether it's to, to cut out a sexual predator who's in the cast or to make someone more adorable or – um, to make someone less, you know, it seemed like, for example, the in villain season, edit, right? Yeah. Well, season seven, think about Max's elimination oh, of that know. episode yeah. and how they edited him to look ridiculous before he went home, um, like singing and taking off the, the corset and all that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. The edit is, you know, that all happened, but the story they need to tell is, is the story they need to tell. Yeah, they're telling stories when, I mean, that that old, very gay old lady. Sorry, I love old lady now. I just keep old saying lady. old lady. Yeah. Uh, whenever I hear somebody say lady, I think, oh, lady, right? Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be old lady? You mean um, old lady? <laughs> it's that old lady and gay turn of phrase where it's, um, oh, now I totally forgot. Oh, watching my stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are stories. Well, I mean, they're they're telling these are stories. Us the story of the underdog. The they could have easily, easily had Heidi's makeup be the center of her storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she still hasn't gotten her makeup. No, they're gonna make it about her effervescent personality, how fucking adorable it is, and how important she is as a character because. With, when it comes to drag, it's about that X factor. It really doesn't matter what, how beautiful you paint your face. What matters yeah. is what you're selling and what you're allowed to, allowing yourself to reveal when you're in drag. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Heidi and Closet is that when she just lets go, we are in love with her. When it's not about her makeup, right? I just, you know, and again, her makeup definitely improved i'm not trying to read her makeup but what i'm saying is that it's not Gigi good's makeup it's not jada essence hall's makeup you know what i mean they picked something else for us to celebrate as fans and i think that's great and i think also it's like it's remembering that the show is not just a competition it's a platform sure so i mean this speech at the end is such a an example of that is is um this is the launching point for Heidi and they can recognize that this is someone who people are going to love, you know, and you think about that, right. Is like when they're filming this, 
RuPaul is saying this to somebody who no one has seen yet. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. is a year ago and it's kind of fascinating, you know, when, when RuPaul says like, oh my God, they're going to love you. And then to see that all play out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's her platform. Heidi's platform is being lovable and sweet and funny and charming. Like that's, that's how she's going to make that coin. You know what I right. mean? It's not going to be what? a Miss Fame tutorial. Yes. You know? and, and speaking of helping Queens craft their platform. I mean, on the other opposite side of the spectrum, you have Dahlia Sin, who now the joke is, it's literally a joke with Dahlia Sin that the judges and the producers are torturing her with this costume. But it's now, despite Dahlia protesting on and off the show, it is now a part of her platform. You know, it's funny. It's like this new version of... um, RuPaul calling out pork chop at every finale, mm-hmm. you know, of like there's just this callbacks. like first, el- yeah, callbacks and like especially for like first eliminated queens, you know, like there's, um, and I know Dahlia wasn't the was she though she was the first eliminated, that's right. Um, so it, there's something about that too where it's just, uh, especially for the first out, it gives you something. Uh, and if I were Dahlia, I would be I'd be eating that broccoli up. Oh, by the fist fall. oh, I'd be so gassy. <laughs> it's a sin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but you know what? And, uh, and we'll talk about it later. But the the audacity, the audacity, Mary, of them not oh. calling out them calling out Rockham Sakura's lower rung humor joke in her mm-hmm. rap. And mm-hmm. not and and not calling out Heidi's from a, a episode ago, or Crystal Methods this episode. Yeah, no, it's oh, oh my god, that's right. Because Heidi, what was Heidi's? Um, Heidi, Heidi had some other like flatulence some, type of. Thing. There was some fart joke of some sort, but yeah, I know it was like I guess it's okay now. I guess uh, <laughs> they've they've loosened up a little bit, you know. Episode two. Hold it in. <laughs> Episode 11, shit on that stage, Crystal. That's You're what it takes fart, to win this competition. Badly, right, Colin? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, God. I Let just... it go, if you will. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> shit Not all over the, the stage episode. like it's 1999, you know? <laughs> oh, don't kill the lights. Um... <laughs> no. Or please do. <laughs> Uh, so, so anyway, uh, Dahlia Sin, I think that's where we, we, oh, the broccoli, correct. Um, yeah, so Dahlia Sin is also being edited even after she was eliminated. They're, they're helping her with a platform. You know, the more I think about it, and maybe I'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but the critiques were significantly kinder. Significantly. Uh, for Heidi, just like that they well, were just in general across mm-hmm. these these the top six queens. I could have also suggested that our clip of the week was RuPaul saying that she wants this to be the top six forever. And I'm like, oh wow. We've never had that before. Yeah, I mean that was a I we've I've certainly we've heard Ru say like, you know, these are some of the, the strongest top four we've ever had. I think you could do a super cut of RuPaul mm-hmm. saying that for many sure. different seasons. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting bookend, right? Of Gigi good kind of uh, 
being frustrated with this perennial top six, and mm. now RuPaul's like, I could just see this being top six forever. Uh, there's, there's Gigi Good, just like, yeah, fuck you, Gary. Enough yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Fuck you and fuck you and fuck you. And she actually does say fuck you to RuPaul. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day. At the end of the day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's interesting because, you know, I, I could care less uh, if this is really the best top six. Like, okay, whatever. Like, that's so subjective. But yeah, the idea, yeah. what, I, what I think is so interesting about this is that they are choosing to have this moment what are they trying to say here with this top six obviously they're they're celebrating the top six because this is a very strong strong top six it really is uh despite the the disqualified queen right so i feel like at the time rupaul was like oh my god like i don't want to send any of you home because i know i have to send heidi home you know right right i mean but i also i felt like kind of to your point of like they're they're kind of having us they're telling us a certain story at the same time at the end of the day at the same time <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter uh you know at the same time i can also see a lens where between last week and this week where to me the writing was on the wall the same way in some ways the same way it was for Nina Bonina Brown or Trini K. Bonet or another mm -hmm. queen who's hitting the wall. You know, like, yeah. I do think that as charming and as lovely as Heidi is, I think that she was hitting a wall. You could say she was hitting a wall. I, I think, man, I might get totally fucking red for this, but I'm just what? trying to be a little sober about it and trying not to be in the story that they're creating with Heidi. I feel like they kept Heidi on the show because she was great reality TV. And they edit her very well in the challenges. And granted, she did very well in many of the challenges. But they could have easily edited it to not be that great. But they chose mm -hmm. to uplift this very, very, very talented, um, magnetic character, uh, person, personality. Um, <laughs> and I, I just think that that is... That's kind of what I see. They they kept Heidi on. It's not that she stayed on. And I don't want to... I'm painting myself into a corner here because I don't want to discredit anything that Heidi did. I think she, she proved herself on the show. But I think the storyline of her and her having that amazing personality is what, what saved her. Uh, I, I think of like an Alyssa Edwards or um, a... Uh, What's her face? A silky. Uh, I think of all of the queens that were that we didn't want them to leave because of their personality. Now, silky. Okay, that's a whole other discussion. But you know what I mean. She was kept on the mm -hmm. show clearly. Yeah, I mean that's also that's you know they have there has to be so many factors they're thinking about in crafting this of like why are people tuning in? Who are people gonna you know be in love with? I mean this goes back to season seven again with Pearl. You know they mm -hmm. know. The queens that, like, they, they've been doing this long enough. They know the queens that people are going to just glom onto. Um, I wonder if there's some surprises, you know? Like, I wonder if Crystal Method was a surprise, you know? Uh, if they didn't expect her to be what she ended up being this oh, season. Oh, I see what you mean. It was, a, it was an actual surprise in the in the, the, the course of the competition. And RuPaul yeah. was like, oh, we're keeping her. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them, they probably bring on, I mean, they may have brought on some of them thinking, oh, Britta, she's going to be, she'll be in it for a long mm-hmm. haul. She's professional. Right. Like they, obviously they don't know, but I mean, I think at a certain point there has to be that idea of like, okay, well, we we know from hours of footage and interviewing, this queen is so charming. We know our audience. We know the model. Yeah. They, they're not going to want to see her go. And then at the same time, I mean, not that there's any rigor Morris here, but like they also know that if you send a Rockham Sakura home, you know, second, that's going to get people to respond as well. Oh, so yeah. it's, they want any type of response. Sure. There's so much TV making. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I've noticed that, that this season we have talked more about the editing and the production of this than any other season. Part of it also is because the show is very, very produced now. I know. I know. Yeah. <sighs> what can you do? You know, I mean, I mean I'm, we yeah. see it more easily because we've been recapping it and watching it for so long. Yes. Been analyzing you know, the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The shit out of it. What's that for? Oh, center stage. Yeah. Dance the shit out of it. Do you know that? <laughs> the only movie? thing I know about that movie is I only thing I know is like the ending makes no sense because the set changes and the costume changes. <laughs> Someone shows up on a motorcycle oh, but it's incomprehensibly. Epic. It's, epic. Yeah. it's epic. I love that last scene from Center Stage. Dance it. Oh my god, it's so great. It's so. Uh, and who's the? Yeah. Who's the no. guy in that Peter Gallagher with those stupid eyebrows? Oh, oh Peter Gallagher. Yeah, but he's not in that dance scene. Uh, that, no. The one dancer. He's not a dancer. No, I no, know. he's not a dancer either. But he was the choreographer or whatever. But the, yeah, uh, yeah the guy. With the big balls, the big um, bulge. He was like an actual ballet dancer. And then there was Charlie, who kind of looked like the little brother of the Property Brothers. And uh, yeah, I, and isn't Swoozie Kurtz in that movie? I and uh, yeah, uh, yes. I don't I know. Believe, that... I believe she is. You have to watch that movie. That movie is so bad. <laughs> I'll certainly watch Swoozie Kurtz's scenes, but. <laughs> There might be a lot of fast forwarding. Let me see here. Center stage cast. Uh, I won't st- spend too much. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, oh. It's. I um, thought the Google alert in my brain for Susie Kurtz didn't go off. So that would make sense. You know what? I'm so mad at myself. Okay, first of all, Donna Murphy's in it. Ugh, love her. Come um, on. But Deborah Monk. Deborah Monk, who is oh. fabulous. I mean, uh, yeah. Yes. And Zoe Saldana. It's, you know, it's one of those movies. Anyway, we're going to move on. Let's let's talk about this episode of Drag Race. And before we do, tell our Marys what they are listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this beady, beady little TV show. I'm Johnny. I love having money. I love feeling like money. And this look just drips money. And I'm Colin, and I'm wearing those same pants. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's what Heidi says when they pull out the doll. Oh, I'm wearing those same pants. Oh, God. (laughs) I forgot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was so, you know, I was happy with the puppet challenge just because I don't think we got one last season. Um, and I, Did we not? I, season I 11? I don't think we got one, Mary. That's such a long time ago. I, who was even on season 11? Uh, Evie Oddly, Brooklyn Heights, Vanjie Mateo, Silky, Nina West. I feel like I would remember, <laughs> I'd remember like an Evie puppet. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. 
All right, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, and that's fine. I, I love being wrong because um, then you don't grow. Sorry. Um, that's right. That's uh, beautiful. So I'm happy the pub challenge is back. Uh, I think on the pit stop, Cracker was saying that it's it's hard. It's like Snatch Game meets a reading challenge. And mm-hmm. and I also love the the I love the drag of a puppet show because it. It's so it's childish and yet it can it's kind of like Avenue Q, right? Where all of a sudden these filthy things come out of these puppets' mouths. I love that kind of flip. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean the puppet challenge is it's much like Snatch Game where the potential for success is great and the potential for failure and cringe is great. There's really no in between. And I mean we really kind of see Obviously, like Gigi, for example, it's just like, oh, God, oh, that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to sink as far below this as I can. Um, I thought it was really ironic, you know, that that Jackie won doing the Sherry puppet. And it was like, I don't get any of these references. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it was so weird because, <laughs> yes, it was like, oh, I wonder, like, obviously the like, like, I wonder what the story was there. Of like, oh, does she not remember people from New York? Does she not know who Jackie is? Like, I wondered what that was about. Mm, yeah, who knows? Who knows what the story yeah. was behind that? It was funny. You know, it's so hard to pick the Puppet Challenge winner, and I don't think it necessarily means anything. I did enjoy Jackie's the most. Uh, I also loved Crystal's. But um, I think, you know, to to decorate a doll, I think is adorable i hope that they get to keep them you know what i mean like i hope that yeah. that's a thing but what came out of this puppet challenge was setting up the storyline for Gigi again that she's she's a control freak she is absolutely not okay with thinking on her feet and we get more of that story throughout the episode and they continue it at in the mirror when she's like you know i compare myself to others and so outwardly i just have to like look pristine but inwardly, I'm just like this wreck, right? And I have to yeah. tell you, I, I, it's not that I love hearing that about Gigi. No, I love hearing that somebody else does that, that that's a thing, right? Because that's mm-hmm. everybody, so many people do that, where you see this pristine outside, and yet, you know, they're screaming into a dish towel when they get home. Yeah, like I have to, I've thought about this where. I mean, to bring it to a gay place, because that's where I oh, live. Oh, are you gay? Um, oh, you bet I am. Mm. Um, uh, mm, uh, <laughs> surprise. Um, gotcha. So, like, I think about that when I see pictures of, like, the kind of, like, I mean, I avoid Instagram for the most part. I mean, I go on. But, you know, like, the Instagram thirst traps. Or even Twitter's got its own brand of thirst traps, but then it always has a caption about, like, depression naps. So I'm never really, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, No, the thirst traps on Instagram are a completely different breed than the thirst traps on Twitter because I feel like on Twitter, the dad bod is just equally (gasps) celebrated it's fascinating oh it's fascinating i feel like twitter is just like the awakening of of the of the appreciation of the dad bot i love it yeah but it's always but it's often paired with like oh i just pulled myself out of a panic attack i'm a garbage human being but how do these shorts look you know like it's always that kind of context i think yes i see that and with the dad bods it's it's still very much like I just ate a pizza. How was your oh, birthday? I know. You know, I, like, know oh I know. Fuck me. Fuck me. I know, right? <laughs> I know. No, I know. I love when the caption is just like, <laughs> I ordered for two. Like, great. <laughs> Perfect. 
Oh, you ate all of it? Great. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But no, I, I, when I, the point of all that is when I think of all of that and the world, like especially, I guess, specifically the, the more um, vacationing, six-pack, poolside, lots of hot friends, sunglasses. I don't know what they're all talking about, but I just can't imagine it's interesting. I... I try to imagine, well, okay, the image that I have of all of this, of these, like, you know, these perfect, beautiful gays, um, is that their life is perfect and beautiful. And it's not that I have to insist that that it's a mess inside. It's more of just, like, I just want to know what's going on inside all of your minds. I just want to know who you are because the image that you're showing, and to tie this back to, to Gigi, the fantasy that you create in drag, this perfection is not sustainable, you know, like it's not real. So it's not mm-hmm. sustainable. So I think, you know, for these gays, I don't know. I don't know when we see them have their breakdown in the mirror. Um, probably never, but I feel like for Gigi, we finally see like, this is all of the anxiety that it takes to maintain that veneer, you know? Mm. Yeah, I feel like with someone like Gigi, with Gigi's story, and Gigi is an artist, right, that there's certainly a lot below the surface. Whereas I think with a thirst trap, I mean, I could just quote Legally Blonde. It's like, you know, fitness gives you endorphins, and, you know, fitness makes you happy, and happy people just don't kill other people right like i feel like the people with a six-pack abs like maybe they're just fucking happy uh i can't help it yeah maybe right and maybe they're clueless maybe they are jealous maybe they are self-conscious who knows i can always tell though when someone is trying too hard oh yes that's a good point you you can always see that my friend simona Mm -hmm. brought up um i was talking to her yesterday she she brought up uh, Mindy Kaling's Instagram and she's like I love Mindy Kaling I look up to her you know she's an Indian woman in, in Hollywood that I just want to be like because Simone is Indian and uh, and but I just get so uncomfortable watching her Instagram because it is I just see her trying so hard she's in her pajamas but her face is full beat right. and I just can't buy it and I just see her insecurities or see her trying too hard and I feel like that's that's me with so many thirst traps. And I can pinpoint the exact moment when that realization happened to me. It's when I saw one in real life at a club with his phone out mm-hmm. filming himself. I'm like, this is exhausting. No. Yeah. They need so yeah. much attention. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it comes with its own, you know, its own challenges. And like, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting, I think, um, there's so much, I mean, I think between like Celebrity Drag Race and Drag Race and, and the Superfans episode last week, there's been so much of, uh, I think of, and even watching We Are Here, there's so much of this narrative of like uh, appearances and like what's real and what's not and what you're able to put on and what you mm. can bring out in yourself versus mm-hmm. what's not real. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it's a, I mean, I know that no, this is necessarily like new and things we've probably even talked about before. But I think in the context of someone like Gigi Good, who's been getting this narrative of like perfection, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of refreshing to hear uh, that that it does come, you know, it does come from somewhere else um, right. that is it, maybe a little more relatable, you know. Yeah, and it kind of dives into that story more than what they did with Courtney Act. I feel like with Courtney Act, she never really 
cracked like this, you know, where we, no. we saw something in her that was this vulnerable. Sure, we got some human moments from Courtney for sure, but I think but they weren't just they weren't editing her in, you know, they they weren't, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't anything mm-hmm. that she was giving like this. Right, and she has kind of an adult in the room quality. I exactly. feel like when I think of Courtney Act, I think this is someone who's also like I feel like has done a lot of work. You know, yeah. has like done yeah. a lot of work on herself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Gigi, I, I give her credit for twenty two years old to have that level of self awareness and like poise is really and grace is you know genuinely is really impressive. But I mean. We've all been 22, and that's no knock, but the only benefit someone older than you has is they've had more experience dealing with their shit than you have. Sure. So, like, and potentially. Failing. Yeah. Right. And failing, potentially, right? Like, right. I know a lot of people old, older who have not used those years wisely, but... Yeah, um, and, you know, obviously the thirst traps, like, they... they uh, they get a lot more. They get a lot more in the world because there's this Western, westernized beauty uh, mm-hmm. privilege. Yeah. Oh, I. You know. Yeah. Certainly, the bar Alpha is lowered. Male, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be that clever or that funny. Yeah. Right. I think about and this is again no shade. I'm sure he's, I. I'm sure he's lovely and whatever. But like Cheyenne Jackson, we've talked about Cheyenne Jackson before. Cheyenne Jackson is an out gay male in Hollywood, but is quote unquote passable, and he fits mm-hmm. this physical mold much like matt bomer or or bomber it's like well Mm -hmm. of course you know it's like i don't know how groundbreaking it is sure it's groundbreaking because they're gay and getting work in hollywood thanks to ryan murphy but um Mm. it's you know you can't help but see that well if they looked different right i don't know how popular they would be right because it's it's just the business yeah, it's a business. It you know you gotta you gotta sell ads and you gotta you know get ratings up. Yeah, yeah. it's people um, are sex sex fiends. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right, right. I mean, and and I get it myself. If I'm on Reddit, I've followed enough subreddits where when I go through my feed, it's a healthy slash unhealthy mix of like real things mm. and porn. And so like there may be an article about some scientific breakthrough, and I'm like, mm, I don't really have the energy for that. But then like here's somebody squatting over a hand mirror. Okay, yeah, I'll look at that. You know? So <laughs> So I get it. <laughs> oh my God, I was not expecting the conversation to move there. Oh Jesus. Well uh, I can, I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah. So <laughs> I saved it. Obviously I saved the picture. Um uh, well, anyway, you know, it was just nice to see some human moments or just this storyline that they're telling us, right? Gigi, even when she was working with Whoopi, it was, she was like, I am not prepared for this. Oh, my God, I have to put my script down. I wanted to write a script. I wanted to be in control of everything. And they just leaned in to, no, you're going to improv. Nope, you're just going to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was, oh, it's fascinating. I love, you know what, I normally don't like rehearsals, but when it's, coached by somebody so fabulous like Cecily Strong or mm-hmm. Sherry O'Terry right when you have those coaching sessions there was one other that I, I totally forgot about she's this blonde woman forgot who it was oh, Arden so- Marin oh <laughs> no it wasn't her <laughs> Mary alright Mary um, no uh, I forget but this one again it didn't disappoint that we got these master classes with Whoopi essentially Oh, I mean, I think that that was obviously a big part of it. It was like Whoopi is just in in the long line of great guests they've had this season. I feel like Whoopi, she just was so right about everything. And and I felt like I was getting so much out of her advice as much as the queens were, you know. And like sometimes some of the stuff she was saying 
might not read of like, oh, you just have to like not listen to other people and you got to just be yourself and you got to just let that go. I understand that one. The don't worry about if it's funny to me. I'm like, actually, don't we have to? Is that always the point? I get that, right? But I also feel like it's. I I mean we could think about this in the context of like all right Mary because you know behind the scenes like I think anytime you we have gotten any kind of criticism on the about this podcast uh, whether because we take things too seriously or we have too many tangents or we say Mary too much or whatever the fuck it is that somebody doesn't like we like Jan. <laughs> We like Jan too much. Oh, my God. We got a one-star review that was mostly complaining about Jan. I was like, what does that have to do with us? We didn't tell her. Jesus. Um, you know, Jan's of course. The, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but, uh, you know, if we every time we got, you know, uh, and like best supporting podcast, like we've gotten a couple negative reviews lately. And like there's that part of me that wants to like react to it and then change what I'm doing to respond to that one review. But then, then I'm pivoting away from all the people who still like what I'm doing and then I could change it and someone else won't like what I did. So you just keep pivoting off of other people's criticisms and you're never doing your thing. Mm. You're always just trying to please the loudest critic in the room. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what we'll be saying is like, if you're just focused on trying to make sure I laugh that's nice, but like someone across the room won't think it's funny. So then, what are you gonna do? Try oh, to make yeah. them laugh? Then I'm not laughing. Oh, this is age old, right? This idea yeah. that we can get a hundred bad comments on a YouTube video, uh, or a hundred great comments, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's one bad one, and we only fucking focus on the bad one. It is. I don't know. You know what? I don't know how to how to give advice on how to get over that except that it takes practice and I'm still not even amazing at it it just depends on which space I'm in some spaces Mm -hmm. I can do it and some spaces I can't but like yeah that is age-old yeah absolutely I think that um I think that what Whoopi said in Untucked really kind of Uh, stuck with me on that that. yeah go for it yeah because I feel like you know her point about it's about being an individual and like that may mean that like some people aren't going to want to be your friend and like it's making the choice to uh you know to be an individual versus trying to be everybody's best friend and recognizing that uh yeah you know you might it might be you know lonesome it's sort of a joke but like yeah you may not be Mr. or Miss Popularity but it's going to feel so amazing to kind of always dance to your own beat and i mm-hmm. think that the reward of dancing to your own beat is far sweeter than the reward of like, oh, good, they all these people all like me, because like, no matter what you do, someone's not gonna like what you do. Like someone, yep, there's always gonna be, right. like there's always gonna be someone who disagrees with what you're doing or thinks it's a waste of time or thinks it's stupid. I love this like, advice. I loved what she said. It's like yeah. everybody else is gonna tell you to start down there. Why put yourself down there already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, and people are gonna have really un qualified reasons they may be putting you down because you're succeeding and they're not Mm -hmm. and like and i feel like once you i think once you can kind of see that then it's like why would i listen to you like right you know what i mean like why would you take advice from somebody like that you know to if somebody says oh what you're doing isn't funny well like why are you what makes them qualified you know sure sure i mean there is something to say then like i don't know you do have to choose who you take advice from, right? Uh, there mm-hmm. is that, right? You, you, 
there are people that you will that will help you that will help you see who you are right i just uh, yeah I, th I this advice though of like don't let anybody else take you down because you're you're going to be the one that does it so mm -hmm. don't let anybody else and it's interesting because she made that leap to, you know, it won't always make you popular or, won't, or make people want to be your friend because you'll be this individual, um, which I totally I, I totally get, especially when it comes to drag. Right. Imagine yeah. the people in your life that you you announce to them, hey, I'm going to start a drag career. I, I could, I, I, and out of nowhere, yeah. it's like, what? Right. <laughs> Right. Well, and like, look at RuPaul, like, here's somebody who has not been afraid to lose some friends, you know, or to go his own way and, and has made part of his, his credo of like, if you're not paying my bills, I'm not paying you any bit, any mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think right. that that's Fuck you on your lips. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, <clears throat> I do really feel like that's, that's like the secret to longevity is that kind of, I think it's like, hopefully you can find some balance where that doesn't become very calloused or very cold. But um, I do think that if you are going to try to be a creator and be successful and be in the public eye, then like you're fucked if you can't tune that stuff out because it's a guarantee someone will hate what you're doing. Oh, and I mean capital H hate. Hate. Right? They'll hate it. Yeah. They'll hate it. And yeah. like, and who knows why? And you'll never be able to change it because it's your business. Yeah, it's not your business. Um, so I mean, I think Whoopi. You know, it's funny. I think the reason why her advice this episode really stuck to me, and I felt like was really, I don't know, just real, was like Whoopi's fucking done everything. So when she says like, if it doesn't work, fuck it, try something else. Here is someone who's literally done that. She's done everything, and like, I think you know she's such a great guest to have on this show because that's so much of what RuPaul is trying to get these queens to embrace is like being able to act and sing and do your own makeup and and you know dance and create costumes like can you be a Jacqueline of all trades you know right and if you can't do something are you able to pick yourself up the next week and do something different Right, right. And if you can't do your makeup, just pay a former contestant on your game show to do it for you, you know? <laughs> on that note, Mary, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about, I don't know, the runway and the, uh, the challenges. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. All right, Mary. This week on Nuance, the All Right, Mary after show. All right, Mary. Before their season is over... There is Celebrity Drag Race taking up some of the airtime and some of the promotional time. Then there's the All-Stars 5 reveal. Their season isn't even over, and they're already old news. Well, let's talk about right. Celebrity Drag yes. Race, because Celeb. I have to say, this most recent episode was, I mean, one of my favorite Drag Race episodes, period. As I was watching it, I was like, when are people going to admit that they were wrong to hate this show before it came out? Yeah. And that it was like a trend and that it was easy to just hate. The fact that Bob can be that funny and that quick and that much of a drag queen and then have so much humanity uh, and just be so fucking smart. I just like, I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying this season of Bob, you know? God, have a drink whenever Colin brings up Latrice Royale lip syncing to Yeah, woman. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This one, this Bud's for you. This one's on me. So if you want to hear all that and more, just go to patreon.com backslash all right, Mary, and we will see you in nuance. All right, Mary. All right, Mary.
So uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, what we could maybe do instead of kind of being repetitive is maybe we could talk about the rehearsal and then the final product of the Queens. You know what I mean? Because sure. I feel like the rehearsals oh, were yeah. a lot of act one guns of where these were going to go right or wrong, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like, I mean, let's start with Jackie, right? Like I think that I am so glad that what she originally planned did not happen. I'm so glad I only had to sit through don't eat me shark like twice. Cause I had to watch the episode twice. It was like Jackie. <gasps> Uh, well, you know, it's that, interesting because the original idea was this Drag Race History 101. And I'm kind of like, is that what I would do if I were on the show? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, and it was such like a, a, to me, and I think this is one of the challenges of this challenge was that it it seemed a little open for interpretation. But it seemed to me, or maybe what I would do, is make it personal. And like, that it was kind of... I felt like RuPaul told them repeatedly, make us fall in love with you. Show us who you are. We want to see that vulnerable side of you. And it was really surprising to me. Granted, the queen who did that the least won. But it was surprising to me how few of the queens ended up doing something personal that made people fall in love with them. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because you have to make it funny. That's the other thing. I would have loved to have seen one of the one-woman shows be something heartfelt and not funny at all. And the judges lauded. it. I think then I would have believed more in this challenge. But mm-hmm. because the challenge was, oh, yeah, make a one-woman show. It's like, well, that don't say that it has to be funny. Don't say make a one-woman show. It can be about anything. Like, I don't know. I felt like the comedy thing was it boxed so many of them in, which is why they went to these other characters. And, yeah. you know, I, th- I think I sent you this link, but... This after this show, after Drag Race, I watched Fred Armisen on SNL do his opening monologue, but it was his parody of a one man show. Have you seen mm-hmm. it? I have not. I know you sent me the link, but I didn't. I didn't. Watch oh, you it. didn't watch Sorry. it. Oh, okay, I didn't watch great. It. Great. Yeah, I was like, ugh, gross. Well, you know, one best, star. You like Jan too much. Well, best best drag character on TV, Fred Armisen. Um, yeah. No, so basically, he does a parody of every one person show that you've ever seen. And mm-hmm. it is brilliant. It is so scathing and perfect because I've seen way too many one person shows uh, that are like this format where it's biographical. And, yeah. And Jackie's was, it was oh. okay. So, so I mean, I have to say like, I, I love Jackie. I love that this kind of challenged the mold of, Oh, it doesn't have to be, somebody else's character and it doesn't be funny. Like, you know, I, I get it. I like that, but it, it did seem so put on and yeah. it, it felt like, it felt like Fred Armisen's, it was just like a parody of something. Yeah. I felt like, you know, Jackie's, it certainly had the most heart and I felt like it was maybe closest to what they were asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that there were these, <clears throat> whether it was like, it was like, this is no Margaret show when it comes to mom drag. Like, this is not enough to put on, like, a rinky-dink accent and sun and glasses. Yeah. Like, you need to give me more. Because, like, mispronouncing the name Spice Girls is, like, l- the lowest of blows. Like, oh, my gosh, your immigrant mother has a strange capacity of English? That's so refreshing and original. Like, the do you Spice not have Girls. any other... Yeah, like, it just didn't have, like... I, I just thought, is there anywhere deeper we can go than, like... Uh, questioning her, you know, her capacity of the English language. Um, and if you're going to do it, make it fucking funny. But 
then I felt like, yes, I felt like there was the Ted talk delivery, especially towards the end. Oh, when Jackie was like, when she said, and I also, yeah, that's when it came out. Yeah. And I also learned, and I also learned, it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is very, this is, yes, you are hitting the notes too hard. You're bruising the notes by hitting them, you know? (laughs) You're bruising the notes. They're going a little flat. Find the note. Yeah. Find the note. No, you know, find honestly, the note. I, you know, I think Jackie, the concept is great. And maybe it's also me, Mary's. I, this format of, a, of that, that type of one person show is, is why I love Fred Armisen's skit so much because he takes the piss out of it. It's actually, it's so old fashioned, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg. If you go back and watch mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg's one more show, one woman show, it was, it was phenomenal, and she is phenomenal, but it also has this mold that perhaps she created. You know what I mean? Um, or it wasn't so moldy, you know, when she did it, you right, know? Right, right. And even like John Luis Amo, right? It's, it's the mm-hmm. same type of thing, and at the time it was pretty groundbreaking. And now it's like, it's like listening to, this is for our choral dweebs it's like listening to an eric whitaker piece now eric whitaker now he's a a choral composer the piece his choral works now are different when we first heard them now it's kind of a parody of themselves like you can laugh the punchline is the the final cluster chord and it's like ugh, okay this again and and i just feel like with one people show it's hard for it not to feel cringy or to feel Mm -hmm. like it's quoting something else that's all Long yeah, end. there, there is no. I mean, I think there is. Um, there was an earnestness to Jackie's that was too earnest, mm-hmm. and it was like, mm, yeah. I, I think this needed to be yeah. on our tacky less... little TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just to move over to Crystal, which obviously was just like moving things in a totally different direction. You know, I think that. I'm obviously happy that Crystal won this week, but this to me was like Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for The Blind Side. This was not for The Blind Side. This was not for this challenge. This was for the last two or three things she'd done that she didn't get a win for. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I think that, I think that this stand-up or this stand-up. Well, you know, there's a well. there's a slip for you. <laughs> I think that this show was. It's like uh, Love Connie is kind of what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, it was like that, but I. I thought it was fine. I think of the six, it was probably the most likely to win, but it didn't make me laugh. Like, oh, it just, didn't. No, I did. I thought it was very cute, but I never like laughed. I love that it was like drag king drag. I thought that was cool. Um, I also, you know, I. I feel like you don't love it because he said dump it, but um. oh no, this isn't just about the poop thing. I, I I'm who, yeah, I can I can look past that because you know I enjoyed the kitty litter challenge and all that, but no, I think it was just like I don't know. It just it it wasn't enough. Like it, it wasn't just phenomenal. It, it wasn't phenomenal. It was not phenomenal. I mean, it filled me up, but it did not satiate me. I love the way Crystal says banana. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one little thing I noticed. I just loved her saying banana. I was like, hmm, am I aroused? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I mean, at this point in quarantine, uh, just having bananas on my kitchen counter is you problematic. Know, I, you know, I think the best part of Crystal's uh, sketch is Ross Matthews' reaction, basically being like, 
you know, if I was backstage, I would have, and she was about to go on, I would have said, you know, dear, maybe you should rethink this. Like, I, I love that because, yes, it is an awful idea. And she did, she just executed it. And we did fall in love with her because she was able to create something so zany, which is very on brand for her. And I think that's why she won, because she was able to take a terrible idea and turn it into something great. All right. Now, can I please French kiss you now, Francis? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Deep cut from Under the Tuscan Sun. 47 minutes into this episode. Crazy. Married, William. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, what what, what can you say? Uh, sure. I think that Crystal, I'm not saying it was like bad. I just, I, I guess I maybe wanted a little more. I think what I'm thinking of is her infomercial. I think oh, so good. the weirdness that she got to there, and obviously she had, you know, there's more of a production, but even that character that, oh, Crystal in the, in the blonde hair, I wish I looked like you, or whatever oh the God, line was. So it was so funny. I guess I just wanted maybe a little more of that, but. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I liked how kind of, I don't know, draggy it was. I kind of appreciated that because it really did feel out of this world. Whereas someone like Heidi, I mean, it's why Heidi might not be pizza queen for me because I'm kind of like. Would I really like this? Yeah, because the cheese slid right off the crust, girl. I'm telling you, this... Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, talking about pizza queens, because at this point, the decision has to get be made. Heidi's, you know, she's she's left the stage. What? I don't know if I would say Heidi was my pizza queen this season. Yeah, I don't... I mean, man, I... She kind of is. She has the spirit of a pizza queen, and this challenge showed me the limitations of that crust, right? So, yeah. you know what I mean? It got a little chewy. It got a little chewy. Yeah, I, honestly, I sure. I watched this episode twice. I could only watch her bit once. I could not put myself through it twice. I was like, this is this is like like a bad Same. improv class, Same. you know? And I'm yeah. not getting any joy out of it. Uh, it was like I knew what she was doing wrong, and I didn't want to watch it anymore, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, Speaking so, of yeah. Pizza Queen, I wonder where Ms. Cracker got that reference from on the pit stop this week. So interesting. Gosh, so I, I don't where know. She, I wonder where she got yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Is it on Man. a LogoTV.com interview? Well, that, that's the tea, <laughs> the high tea. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'll I'll take it as a veiled shout out. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, a veiled one. Um, yeah. So so yes, and then Gigi like a heavy veil you can't see through. <laughs> yeah. Wool. You mean wool? Yeah, wool. <laughs> wool. Yeah. Uh, wool. Uh, over my eyes. Well. Um, <laughs> uh, so Gigi, I think we talked about Gigi's story. Um, I I love. The idea of a supercut between Gigi saying to piss up, piss, piss off the guy upstairs, uh, mm -hmm. mixed with welcome uh, by Mrs. Coppet. Yeah, <laughs> she she had a welcome moment. I thought, oh girl, they do not like when people accidentally say the wrong thing. Home for that, they totally could have like doomsday her. On well, this I mean, sketch. They totally seriously. Have. I mean, I yeah, I feel like. You know, I mean, not to jump ahead, but like Jada, certainly it, it did not, you know, um, it didn't really work. I think that's fair. Like this was an anecdote. 
that someone oh. shares when oh. they're prompted to tell a wet my pants story. Oh, you right. know, we, we saw this with Jasmine Masters and All Stars. The joke was funnier in a different context, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, but for that to be, but the fact that she was able to save it, like it's just shocking to me that. Gigi is kind of hitting the same wall every week. I guess if you could say, like, if Heidi's been hitting some walls where she doesn't... Someone has to tell her these ideas, and then she runs with them. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she's not coming up with this stuff on her own. She doesn't have that level of self-awareness. I feel like if you keep repeating mistakes on Drag Race, eventually they're like, okay, you got to go home. And it just seems to me that Heidi and Gigi were doing... the, The past few weeks have been kind of hitting the same walls and i was really surprised that it didn't come down to the two of them to lip sync especially just narratively same heidi versus jada obviously the queen who lip synced who's on her fourth lip sync versus the one who just won three challenges is is gonna go home Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah i would have loved to see Gigi lip sync not because i hate Gigi or anything i love Gigi, but because it would have made sense narratively right she was she's not been doing well she has been in the bottom um, I also think that those awkward silences on that stage, like that's the death sentence. And I'm, I'm confused why yeah. Gigi didn't get placed there. Uh, obviously, her runway probably saved her a little bit. But, you know, to, to lean on F-bombs and insults is, I don't know, uh, common? Yeah, because Cracker mentioned that. She said, you know, this is like oh, right, when, right. when queens get nervous, they go on the attack. We see this in Snatch Game. We, we or kind they laugh. of. Yeah. Yeah, or they laugh. But I, but I feel like that makes sense to me. I think, you know, we've seen that so many times on Snatch Game where, you know, they have nowhere else to go and suddenly Asia O'Hara is the meanest Beyonce you've ever met, you know? Um, <laughs> it's like, God almighty. Oh, God. I love Asia O'Hara. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> spread your but wings that, and that, prepare to fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I love you... her, but her fly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah. so, so anyway, we don't really so need that, to. We, yeah. We, yeah. We don't have to talk about. I mean, I will talk about. There was another skit. In this, another one woman show in this, where somebody did cover up a word misstep very, very well. Like, like oh. that's what you do. Oh, when Sherry had the stroke? Who? Oh, it was, uh, it was sort of an intermission. They kind of did a little bit of like a, you know, someone to keep the audience, oh, you know, amused oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. while they okay. changed the set. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. Um, right. Some other non-contestant. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. So I, I thought that was brilliant, brilliant. But we'll talk about the reading, or, or as to quote the comeback, the assassination of Sherry Pie that happens later. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, the, let's, talk the I, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it now. Let's just get. I don't have much to say about yeah. the runway, but uh, I don't either. Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, I feel like it's shocking to me that for her to go eighteen minutes, like to me that would have been like that was one of the main elements of of the whole thing was to stick it to five minutes and a i agree with miss miss visage entirely wildly selfish b how do you not know you're going that long okay maybe you can't tell if it's seven or eight minutes versus five but at a certain point you know that you cherry has been on stage before she's a performer like she knows what it feels like to do a show and know how long it is so like to not realize you've gone almost four times as long as you should have um 
I don't know. Like what? I don't know how someone just keeps going. You know? <laughs> oh, you don't know how someone just keeps going with a bit. I know, uh, right? I mean, just keep. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. It's like I guess Sherry Pie is just so used to having a long-running one-woman show that oh she my didn't God. know how to pull it back. You know, I know. You know, I, I. It was so crazy that they kept it in because they did keep this in. Again, if this episode of All Right, Mary is us talking about the power of the edit and whether that's Heidi, whether that's Gigi Good, whether that's the villain edit of the Vixen. The one thing that they decided to keep in was Whoopi fucking Goldberg saying she's one who has to perform often about cherry pie. Oh, yeah. I know the stuff that they keep in the Michelle calling her selfish and, and Whoopi there are saying, rules oh, to follow. Michelle says, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really uh, it, it makes you wonder. It makes me think so much about these editors who go back into these episodes and you're like, oh, no, keep that line. You know? Oh, I know. Oh, completely. The the idea of um, uh, who was it? Jackie Cox calling her Mossy, like. Uh, oh like, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, insanity, I insanity, and it's making, it's making the edit because obviously you mentioned this maybe two or three weeks ago, but like it's gonna get awkward, uh, seeing more of Sherry Pie on the screen because mm-hmm. it's we're we're getting down to you know we're at the top five, yeah. And, uh, and you were right. Obviously, they have to show more of her. But what I feel like is brilliant. First of all, people are a little bit more conditioned, right? They're a little over it now. Right? Oh yeah, it it doesn't feel as impactful as or I thought it traumatic, would. Maybe that's because right? yeah, maybe that's because like then life got real and it was like who totally. fucking cares? Totally. Who, yeah. <laughs> give right. me you fucking money. You know who fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You. Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> Give me um, you fucking money! <laughs> I have to stop dun, thinking dun. about it. I have to stop. Oh god! About it. So no, so so it, it uh, yes. So the edit of her in it now. It seems like the game is okay. We have to keep her in, but we're going to reference as much mm-hmm. as we can. You know, with what we are giving you. You know why? Yeah. Why she's not going to win? Also, right? Well, you know, and that's the thing is, I, I, in general, I think we try to speak positively of, about these people as human beings, even if we don't agree with the drag or the choices on the show and whatnot. We know them? Yeah, uh, we don't know them. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I'm happy to, you know, make an exception about Sherry in that I. The little that we have seen of her, I do feel like, and this is not just revisionist history because she's a scumbag, I do feel like I would, if I was getting the, the full the full pie this season, I would be getting tired of the Sherry shtick by now. Like, oh, the, old the old lady, lady voice, you mean the, old the old lady, lady? <laughs> the old lady, like that... <laughs> All like all of that. I think just the the way that it's she she always has to sound like Maggie Smith. She doesn't feel comfortable just speaking like a normal human being. Um, I think that would just get old after a while. You know, I can't speak about about it. I know that I would. I'm too biased now because of what I know. Um, I feel like I feel like I would have been living for it. I feel like it because it's my type of drag. I would have been living. Um, and yeah, I would have had thoughts of her as you know her reality show persona, but. At this, at the end, of, at the end of the day, I know that that it it's a reality show persona, right? They're editing, and they're they're performing for the camera. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all, I mean, I think there's, that is even more apparent this season than ever. And we even see it in Talking Heads, like the way that Gigi talks about, I don't want to have one of those shady moments, essentially in the edit, where they put in the, the rattlesnake noise. You know, like they know so yeah. more than any other season, they know they're on TV, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, it was purple on the runway. I thought the runways were great. Um, I yeah, didn't I thought they were any of them. I thought they were all yeah. great. Uh, I love that um, Ms. Pie. I don't know. It, it was that another uh, maybe look? But, maybe um, yeah. I, it it wasn't giving me Cheshire Cat as much as it was giving me Fat Cat from Rescue Rangers. Sure. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with that reference. Yeah. Ugh, um, awful. awful. Um, but I think the best one was Jade Essence Hall, followed by Crystal. Yeah, I love Jada's high guy in drag. I thought that was like maybe obviously not a planned, you know, whoopee reference, but uh, a nice connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated Jackie trying to do something a little bit different. Gigi, you know, at first I was really like loving the referential drag and now it does just feel like cosplay. Yeah, I was. I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah, I. Uh, she's impeccable. God, she's so fucking impeccable. On, on, well, on yeah, the it's and, it's and, perfect. And yeah, it looks like, great. Okay, you're coming out as Daphne. Okay, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and it was Daphne without a, like a real variation. It was just like, oh, okay, yeah, right. that's that's Daphne drag. Right. Sure, it was like when she did the Heather's look. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's it. That's, that's it. all it perfect. is. There isn't really a spin on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, and then I I was I thought Heidi looked really good, but it was a purple dress. Like, oh, I know. It, I know. She wasn't dancing circles around anybody. I know. At this point, it's like, okay, well, yeah. Uh, I uh, her best look by far for me was the Pinocchio look. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, um, love her. Um, yeah. So obviously, the bottom is Jade and Heidi. I think we agree that maybe it would have been more interesting to see Gigi in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I thought Jada's and Heidi's certainly their sketches. What we were shown were were the worst, but. You know, uh, that it happens so often that they can just edit something to look a different way. And I'm surprised they didn't put Gigi in the bottom. I thought it was uh, 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 it was off script, darling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have seen Gigi, Heidi, Sherry, certainly Jada. I mean, I, I really think a lot of them, they could have spun a certain way. Uh, I am pretty shocked that, that Sherry got away with 18 minutes, but, you mm-hmm. know. Well, Whatever. she got she's away gotten with away a with a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> so she must be used to that. Um, oh, God. She just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Doesn't yeah. stop. She just doesn't no, stop. No, she doesn't. No remorse. Yeah. Yep. No, um, no. So the lip sync, I love this lip sync. And I think, honestly, Jada won with that wig reveal. And not the reveal itself, but just how she worked that goddamn wig. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I know that people were like, why wasn't the song Purple Rain? But I don't know if Purple Rain's a real lip sync song anyway, is it? Am I crazy? Do I not remember Purple Rain correctly? It, it um, can be a lip sync song, but it's just not as interesting as this one. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, this is a great song. Also, Jada has that kind of, like, you know, like, Prince, like, Vanity and Vanity Six. Like, she has that vanity quality mm. um, where she looks like a Prince girl. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, all right, oh, well, sure, sure. yeah, this fits perfectly. And obviously, I mean, I think even Heidi knew it was like, this is my fourth yeah. lip sync. Yeah, she knew. She knew. It's time to go. Yeah. And, and she, she did, yeah, she she did, did fine. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that she did poorly. I think the editing clearly was favoring Jada. Um, oh, totally. But yeah. 
Totally. And, you know, just a, a quick little knock to Michelle knocking on the door during the lip sync. I was kind of like, all right, Michelle. Oh, yeah. Michelle, this episode was a hoot. She, I mean, it's very clear who the BSA of the week is. I, I mean, it, it's Matreon Queen, Whoopi Goldberg. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked about five or six different movies God. she's been in. Karina, Karina, um, Jumpin' Jack, Flash, yes. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, she certainly is the BSA, but Michelle, I thought, was so funny during, like, the, the runways and, like, all her little puns. She was clearly having, like, Michelle was a great example of what Whoopi was saying of, like, the key is to have a good time doing it. Mm. It just seemed to me that Michelle was having a really good time this week. And it it was, it, it it's a great example. It's like, yeah, it really did stand out. Like, she and Ross, they were so funny. Oh, my God. With Ross their cr- was so good on this episode. He yeah. so, so smart. So mm-hmm. smart yeah. to talk about some of those things. Just And, like, don't yeah. even get me started on Ross on Celebrity Drag Race this week. We'll get oh, into it. We'll get into it in nuance for sure. Uh, uh, he's, he is, he's a great judge. He really does give – he packs a punch, and it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's just, like – I mean, Carson is great, but I, there's something about Ross that's really special. You and know what was so brilliant? He said, when we asked for your number one story, we didn't mean your number one story. And then he yeah. adds on top of it. I guess it's better than your number two story. <laughs> He's so funny. He's so smart. It's uh, oh. I, he. You know, in some ways, I gotta say, like in a lot of ways. Ross Matthews is kind of my pizza queen because anytime he's on an episode, I'm like, oh, good. It's Ross. Oh, great. Yeah. I yeah. love Carson. I just really. Yes. No, you're mm-hmm. right. About I Carson. really Carson's enjoy Ross's. Good. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. love when Ross is uh, the director and he's mm-hmm. like, he has his hand involved or he's a player in the improv challenges. Bossy Ross's yeah. show will continue to be one of my favorite uh, main challenges for sure. Ugh. Yeah. So you're yeah, giving BSA. Great. You're giving BSA to Whoopi with a special shout out to uh, Michelle Visage and Ross Matthews. Just happy that Ross is part of the production. Oh yeah, they are very much nominees. Maybe maybe one of them got the Golden Globe or the People's Choice, but the Oscar, of course, <laughs> goes to Whoopi. I mean, really, like it's so hard. To, every week, I want to say, oh, this is the best guest they've had, but like. Yeah, I know that. I feel like we're broken records now. Like, I want this to be on all the time. It's like, ugh. I know. But even they say it, you know? And, like, Whoopi is a caliber. I mean, AOC is a caliber of judge, too. But, like... Same with Nikki. Yeah. Same, yeah. But, like, Whoopi has such a, like, an accomplished career that, I mean, that's a great person to bring on because it's, like... Almost any challenge they do, Whoopi's probably had some involvement in some way with that kind of thing in her career, you know? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if she's made any dresses, but, you know. Uh, she made she, pants got in winner. the color purple. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there you fucking go. She's done it all. Um, so I, I just want to praise Heidi's face being covered in tears and looking absolutely stunning. When she's yeah. saying goodbye. Um, I love that she called herself Heidi something. Now she's on to something, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like Heidi in Closet, I do hope she keeps the name Heidi in Closet. But Same. I feel like she could now come out, because of this bit that RuPaul has written for her, that we've been kind of critiquing, I feel like Heidi can now come out to shows, and her last name can be different based on what she's doing in that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
in the same way that like Rue would would change up Stacy Lane Matthews' name mm-hmm. or Nina you know, Kennedy, Brown. Nina yeah. Bonina, like it's yeah, you you play into that where it becomes like the the Mad Libs. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like she's. It's funny because I feel like changing her name is kind of like Crystal with Elda Barge, where they just kind of nod and smile politely and then just like, okay, well, I I don't, I'm not going to change my name, but thank you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, I don't. I mean, everything Heidi's done post show, she's still being credited as Heidi and Closet. She's Heidi and Closet on Twitter. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that also makes sense, right? It's like, well, why would I change my branding now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, isn't the ink slightly dry? You know. Oh, that's right, Jan Sport, Britta Filter. You know. Oh God, the the name changes on Drag Race. Oh. Uh, Allison Mossy. I mean, where did she? I'm serious. Right, right. <laughs> Will the real Allison Mossy please stand up? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I feel like there we're definitely going to talk about Celebrity Drag Race and uh, some more of Untucked and uh, All Stars Five cast uh, on Nuance. Is there anything else that you want to close out our discussion before we uh, say goodbye to our Marys? Um, no, I, I just, I think little notes. I love that Heidi was referenced as the Rose Nyland of the season. I like a golden girls reference. mm -hmm. I think if she's not the pizza queen, I'm okay with her being the Rose Nyland of the Mm. season. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, Gigi said, fuck you to Rue. And I thought, well, there it is. There it is. That's bold. Uh, well, she got called a Karen. (laughs) And she, well, I mean, right. Uh, the, uh, Uh, I love how that's become. I mean, the drag of the quote unquote the, of the character of Karen. You know what Karen. I mean? Ugh, Karen wants. That's to what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see somebody do Karen. I want to speak to the manager. Drag on Drag Race. Yeah, do that I, as a snatch game character, right? Be Karen. Dude, yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Season thirteen, Queens. I know you probably already filmed it, but like, it's an option. I don't think they have Mary. Maybe they haven't. <laughs> no, you're right. They probably haven't. It's usually in the summer. Um. It's but, yeah. So I know they're still like vetting Queens. Um, you know, just a quick kind of ending here. Um, predictions for next week. You know, it's interesting because we're going into a top five where they're going to choose the top four, knowing that one of them is disqualified. So we kind of yeah. already know our top four. And I feel like it's it's silly, right? Is it going to be Jackie or Crystal, right? And it's obvious that Crystal won a challenge. Crystal is being obsessed over by RuPaul. Mm-hmm. I would pick Crystal over Jackie, but it could be Jackie also, you know? Johnny also, you Jackie know, also. <laughs> uh, sure, right? I mean, maybe, but I also feel like Jackie's kind of having the same issue that we're kind of, we saw with Heidi. And like, it's the hitting the wall thing where I just, I think that Crystal has been repeatedly blasting through walls. And obviously, Rue loves that. And that's obviously, you know, even Ross says, this is how you win this show. And Jackie. I mean, it's funny. I think Bob made this point on the pit stop where it was like they had the double save, but like, do we really think either of these queens is going to win? Was it like worth saving them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think what's going to happen with Jackie is, yeah, I think she's going to get eliminated next episode and then she'll get pulled into the top four in the finale. And um, that'll be oh, nice that she got to top four, you yeah. know, like I, that's yeah. what I think is going to what it's going to be. And so um, I think regardless of who goes home next week, we know who our top four is. Yes, uh, for drama's sake, just for drama's sake, follow me here, Mary. I would, in another galaxy far, far away, would love to see Crystal get eliminated next week. 
And then she gets pulled into the top four for the finale. And then she wins. I mean, it would be so cool. It would be, I mean, I, I want to see her like just win the next challenge and then win. But like short of that, like a comeback story. I mean, just the mere idea that Crystal Method could win this whole thing is very exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And who knows how they're going to film this finale? I have no idea how they're going to film it and how they're going to choose it. But it better be. Obviously, I'm rooting for Jada and Crystal. I think I think it's very clear for people that listen to the show. Like, it's obvious Mm -hmm. I'm rooting for Jada over Gigi and uh, Jackie. I love. But like Crystal, it's like, oh, if it can't be Heidi in the final, it I'm so happy it's Crystal. And honestly, I if Heidi got to the finale, I don't think I'd be rooting for her. Like it right, just it's it happy that she got there. Yeah, I'd feel like she got there by the by the skin of the gap in her teeth. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> where is like the rest of them kind of got their way there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary. You can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com or TasteOfReality.com backslash AllRight-Mary. You can also email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at JohnnyAlso or on Twitter at JohnnyAlso1. And you can find more of me either on In the Details, which is a celebration of nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, which is a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. Um, or you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find more of both of us, including bonus episodes and the All Right Mary After Show, Nuance, where we keep talking about this episode and more drag that was on TV this week. And that's, of course, at patreon.com slash allrightmary. Well, all right, Mary. Our last chance lip sync this week is in honor of Heidi saying, thank you all for seeing something in me when I didn't see it in myself. And, of course, it calls back to The Color Purple and Miss Shug singing Miss Seeley's Blues to a young Whoopi Goldberg play, you know, playing Miss Seeley. I love this scene. I, I love the connection that it's making, and I thought, wouldn't this be a great lip sync somewhere? So mm. here is Miss Silly's Blues, sung by not the actress who plays Miss Shook in the movie, but sung by Tata Vega, and I hope you enjoy it, Marys, and we'll see you next week. Something. I hope you think that you're something too.